one of the biggest things that I do in my spare time, believe it or not, is I watch a boatload of videos uh, or interviews rather having to do with the political elite or the political establishment. Now, why do I do that? And why am I even saying this to begin with? Why would you guys care what I do? And I say this because I try to use that, not because I listen to what their answers are, but I try to gain more of an understanding of how these people operate with respects to concealing information and how they dodge certain questions. So I'll watch interviews with people such as the former CIA director, John Brennan, or people such as John Kerry or um, John Bolton, for example, people who've been in government for 30, 40, 50 years or more. George H.W. Bush was one of them as well. All people that mainly focused on the intelligence communities, people that went into public life after they were in the intelligence communities, and they understand something that a lot of other politicians and a lot of other people who just jump right into the front end of politics don't get. And one of the things is that psychological warfare and cover-ups are a massive, massive factor in every single aspect, and not just in politics, but in life. So this is not a political episode whatsoever, and we're going to jump right into it. So I'm going to be putting up on the screen a handful of articles throughout this episode, because even though I do that often, I, I might be doing it a little more often in this episode, because it really lays out the order in which I want to explain the zone of silence. So according to fltimes.com, they've put together a fantastic point form list of all of the basic information we need to know. And then after I describe those things, I'm then going to jump into the actual theories and proposals that are circulating around this piece of land. So let's get right into it. The first point, again, according to fltimes.com, is that weird radio silence isn't the only oddity of this zone. Like, what's that weird trio that locals keep meeting in the zone? They're two men and a woman. Every time people see them, they're wearing bizarre clothing that isn't suitable for a journey in the desert whatsoever. On top of all that, the zone of silence is known as a 30-mile or 50-kilometer patch of deserted land where meteorites come crashing down on an eerily regular basis. In the 20th century alone, there were quite a number of such crashes. Now, guys, this is where it gets interesting, so please pay attention. On July 11th, 1970, the U.S. launched an Athena rocket from the Air Force Base in Green River, Utah. But here's the thing. The rocket was supposed to land somewhere in the area of White Sands in New Mexico. Instead, it went off course as if it was being pulled by some external force and crashed right in the heart of the zone of silence. In the process, the search party could tell that something was tampering with all their communications. That's why it was incredibly difficult to coordinate the work of the teams. Scientists have been trying to explain the things happening in the zone of silence for years, and the most plausible conclusion they've drawn so far is the influence of minerals that are deposited deep underground, end quote. So I pretty much summed up what FL Times put together in a much larger point form article, but those are the things that we really need to know. Now, again, there may not be anything super out of the ordinary when it comes to a missile being thrown off course we can easily label that as some type of magnetic force pulling it in some direction but what's even more interesting is why this magnetic force is there now with that being said we know that the earth is covered in major major magnetic frequencies and certain parts of the world are much stronger than others and we know for a fact that the human conscious can emit 
frequencies during a form or state of prayer, meditation, and what have you. What's more interesting about this, though, is the fact that no one has spoken about this to this day. It's been completely covered up, and what I'm about to say next is going to probably scare the shit out of you guys just as much as it did me, In not in a literal sense. but So if we head to wonderfulengineering.com, and I quote, This is a quote of a quote from a gentleman named Geraldo Rivera, who was a very reputable reporter on Fox News. Now, I do want to say that Geraldo Rivera has made mistakes in the past, over the past 40, 50 years of his career in being in journalism and reporting and all that. He's made some mistakes. He's lied about a couple of things. So I want to make that very clear before I read you the quote from him. But let's let's get into it. So he said, and I quote, According to WonderfulEngineering.com, there are lots of stories of aliens and unidentified flying objects in the zone, explained Geraldo Rivera, a state bureaucrat and diehard UFO investigator. People often get lost in the zone, he said. And when this happens, sometimes tall blonde beings appear out of nowhere. All the people who claim to have had encounters with these aliens are of the opinion that they are tall, lean, fair-haired, ask for water, and have a perfect command over the Spanish language. End quote. What particular extraterrestrial race does that remind you guys of? It's the Nordics. It's pretty simple. And I'm not going to say that confidently, but according to multiple eyewitnesses, that seems to be the case here. And so when we look at that, we take a step back and we say, okay, what we understand is that there's an extreme anomalistic uh, occurrences going on there, not just recently, but Um, all the way back into the 30s, and I'll get to that shortly. However, with all of that being said, what we also need to understand here is that there seems to be some artificially created technology that is harnessing the magnetic frequencies within that area. And why is it that every major place in the world where magnetic frequencies are very strong There doesn't seem to be any type of metropolitan city or there may be a small town and people within those towns experience very strange things and what have you. Now, I'm not going to jump into the whole thing about vibrations and and frequencies because I think I've spoken about that so much in previous episodes in the last couple weeks that I just don't want to I don't want to regurgitate and bore you guys with it. So you can check out the other episodes if you want to get more of an understanding of that. But according to ancientorigins.net, the first incident here, and I quote, occurred in the 1930s when a pilot by the name of Francisco Sarabia or Sarabia was flying over the area and claimed his instruments went wild and his radio stopped working. Later, in the 1970s, attention was drawn to the area when a faulty American missile was fired, blah, 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 end quote. Okay, so that part I just explained. Now, Scientists attribute this to just basic minerals causing this, maybe an, an extremely abundant amount of minerals within a certain area, and I certainly wouldn't rule that out, don't get me wrong, but this is what gets even more interesting, and this is what tells me something that is being hidden and being, um, let's say, suppressed in many different ways. So according to atlasobscura.com, and I quote, Von Braun, Warner Von Braun, was here for 28 days after the crash, says Palacios during our extended tour of the area. The Americans brought temporary dormitories, labs, kitchens, medical facilities, and set them up right here in the desert. They even built a runway to transport cargo directly to Houston. By rail, they hauled away tons of debris, end quote. Why is there such an interest in a missile? Okay, fine, it got pulled off course. 
But why is there such an interest in the residual materials and the leftover explosive materials of that missile? Why? Why are there constant UFO sightings there? Why is there a sudden harnessing of magnetic energy? And why do people claim to see beings that look very similar to human, but there is a noticeable, excuse me, noticeable difference when you approach them closer and closer and you start to look at more in-depth facial and physical features? Why? I have a, a proposal and a theory that may in fact match and line up with every single aspect of this timeline, and that is this. We have to also understand that it has been reported publicly that there have been an abnormal amount of meteor-based crashes in this area, an amount that seems to be baffling NASA and scientists alike. Now, that's on the public level. On the private level, or under the table, or on the shadow level, whatever you want to call it, I would dare to say that every time there is some type of base or some type of anomalistic area, whether it's Skinwalker Ranch, whether it's this Mexican zone of silence, it all seems to attribute to that within the southern part of the states, leaning into Mexico. And it seems that one of the things that's occurring there is that because these occurrences are so often attributed to that area... It seems almost as though the U.S. government kind of enjoys that privacy. And when I mean privacy, I say, I mean this. The border between the U.S. and Mexico, although they're considered partners in many different ways, has always been that of conflict because of the cartels and has always been known to be very dangerous. So the fact that these things are occurring near the border is a bit of a reassurance for the United States government in the sense that they know that although there might be some regular civilians going to check out the place if they heard rumors of it, there won't be a lot of them. And so that benefits them immensely because they can focus less time on secrecy and more time on what actually happened and what's going on there. The next thing is this. The next thing is that could there have been some type of historical event that occurred there that may have increased the electromagnetic frequencies to a point where it's so strong and could pull uh, many different weapons or objects within the atmosphere in its direction. Okay, I did an episode many, many months ago with respects to how there were different uh, potential nuclear wars in ancient times with nuclear weapons and how there are hieroglyphs, scriptures, And I'm putting the pictures up for you guys right now if you're on YouTube of things that looked very similar to that of a nuclear bomb and very similar to that of a nuclear explosion or at least a result of some type of warfare-based explosion. And there is proof to suggest, or evidence, sorry, to suggest that a lot of those hieroglyphs and scriptures are being hidden and only a few are being uh, publicized. Now, that's number one. Number two is that is it possible there's some type of Nordic base there? Or is it possible that whatever is going on there, these Nordics have technology that are able to harness and have things gravitate towards them? Now, there seems to be an attraction with very strong magnetic frequencies and not just, excuse me, not just UFO appearances, but uh, in-person interactions with humanoids or ETs or EBEs or aliens or whatever you want to call them, extraterrestrials, what have you. There seems to be interactions. Now, it seems like whether they know it or not, These Nordics seem, and other races too, seem to gravitate towards extremely strong magnetic uh, frequential areas. Could they be controlling and altering certain missiles and things like that to to attract it towards them? Now, I know what you're going to say, Dave, that's an interesting proposal, but at the same time, why would they want some type of weapon 
on a planet that they don't even fully control to be coming towards them? And my answer to that is that's a very good point. So I would dare to say my proposal here is flawed. And I'm not trying to say that I have a perfect answer to all of this. But what we do know is that history tells us that this is not the first time this has happened. This this missile is not the first instance. And I know this because if we head on over to, let's take a look here, to ancientorigins.net again, Francesco Sarabia said that these things were happening to him all the way back in the 30s. And why was Warner von Braun, the head Nazi scientist during World War II, the same guy who the CIA wiped their record clean, wiped his record and many other scientists' records clean in order for them to help come work on the secret space program in the United States and therefore leading to the Falcon rockets and the Apollo 11. Why were they there for 28 days? What, they just stopped by in the middle of the desert? Hey, guys, you know, you set up this testing facility. I'm just going to come by. No. He was there for 28 days because it connected to something that they understood or it connected to something that they were still piecing together at the time. And it's very simple. It's very simple to understand that because, listen, enough eyewitnesses and testimonies tell us that what goes on here is anomalistic and cannot be explained. This is not the only area, but it is the most prominent area. People have taken their phones there, their cell phones. They've taken regular EMF readers, electromagnetic frequency readers there. Everything shut off. Everything stops working. Again, there are things going on in underground, internally. I'm not trying to imply that maybe there's some secret city or secret bases. We know for a fact there's secret bases, but what I'm trying to say here is that the magnetic pull between places, small patches of land within the West, larger patches of land within Europe, and probably the biggest patch of, of stretched land with very weird magnetic frequencies would probably be Antarctica or the the Bermuda Triangle. But in terms of size, I would say Antarctica. Why does it keep occurring? And here's the next thing that gets very interesting. There is a law that was instituted in 1969. And I might bring this up in another episode, but I'm just telling you guys off the top of my head. I'll put the actual precision the actual name of the bill and the law on the screen right now so if you guys want to look it up you can check it out there is a law that prohibits human beings and i believe the law was passed in 1969 from interacting with ufos boarding their ships or interacting with any type of extraterrestrials that come from those ufo craft why would there be a law like that think about it why would there honestly be a law like that i'm not kidding it's insane. And so this ties in with a boatload of other projects and operations. And over the next coming weeks, you're going to see that I may in fact be referring to this episode in many instances. But one last thing I want to talk about before I let you guys go, if you're still uh, listening, is that or watching is according to Gaia.com, I want to focus on something called the Alend or Alende meteorite. So, and I quote, statistically close to impossible numbers of meteorite fragments are scattered far and wide throughout the zone. Some theorize that abnormal levels of natural magnetism are strong enough to account for drawing iron-based meteorites, even quote-unquote space junk, debris from human-made technology uh, orbiting the Earth that's decaying. Now, but while meteorites, meteorite showers are nightly events within this area, 
The Allende was the largest of its kind to ever fall to Earth. For clarity, Allende is a rare type of meteorite composed of metals, carbons, hydrocarbons, even amino acids and water, the fundamental stuff of life. The zone of silence Allende is considered to be the most significant meteor to hit Earth in modern times. End quote. Okay. Like I said earlier, they may not have or want rockets to be attracted to that area if there are indeed Nordics hiding out there, living there, or what have you. Researching there, temporarily staying there, maybe in correspondence with the United States government, who knows. However, it could be that the magnetic frequencies pulled this rocket in that direction and it was a total fluke, but it could be that these frequencies were naturally utilized or harnessed by the Nordics in order to attract meteorites like this. Why do I say that? This meteorite, as well as many others, because by the way, the zone of silence gets hit by meteorites all the time. This particular meteorite, though, seemed to have attributes and characteristics on it and within it that support any type of organism or any type of life. doesn't have to be human. Again, and going back to Gaia.com, and I quote, Metals, carbons, hydrocarbons, even amino acids and water. The fundamental stuff of life, end quote. That, my friends, is what's interesting. That is why I have proposed what I just said earlier in this episode about them trying to pull certain meteors towards that area because those meteors inhabit necessary resources for life that the Nordics may not want to overstep their bounds on with the U.S. government and ask for an excess amount of food and water because they know they can harness this energy from the meteorite to pull in that direction, therefore not being in a certain way self-reliant on a planet that's not theirs, I guess we can say. So let me know what you guys think. It's a very interesting episode uh, topic, and um, I hope you guys enjoy this little, I guess we could say, Sunday surprise, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you.